Welcome, everyone, to another installment of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief, the legal podcast that provides easy-to-understand information about estate and business planning to help you, your family, and your business. And now, the jovial gents of jurisprudence, Mike Betts and Spencer Chaffin. Hello, everyone. This is Mike Betts with BC Counselors, and we're here with another episode of the BC Counselors Legal Brief. I'm sitting next to Spencer Chafin. Spencer has been ribbing me all day long, and so I told him that I'm going to silence him for a few minutes. Spencer, your silence has ended. About time. <laughs> is that all you have to say, Spencer? Yeah. Your silence has begun. Okay, this one started kind of on the wrong foot. All right, today. So, Mike, in our last episode, so for those of you that have not listened to it, please go back and listen to it. It's full of wonderful knowledge in regards to going into business with with a business partner, whether you know them or don't know them. Um, But you had not alluded to, but actually brought up things that we were going to talk about in this podcast of, you know, exit strategies and exit plans on when there's certain triggering events. But uh, I I think it's a good idea that we recap a little bit of some of the important parts of structuring your business, powers, rules, regulations, um, which we're going to be referring to the LLC, which with that document or the document connected to an LLC is the operating agreement. So the first thing that is is really going to be important in any operating agreement and the conversation that you have as a partner is going to be the uh, ownership interest in it. So Spencer, quickly give them a rundown of what an ownership percentage means in a limited liability company. So an ownership interest would be what you own, like the percentage. So you and I are 50-50 in BC Counselors at Law PLLC, which is an LLC. So that's the owners. It, it, it They may be part of day-to-day, but that's it's not the focus of that position. It's just almost, you can call them a stock owner, but it's not a company that has stock. So Similar it's just though. ownership. S- same concept. Think yeah. of it as a shareholder. So in an LLC, generally speaking, that's what's going to give you the right to profits. That's what's going to give you the right to make management decisions. Yep. And then as an owner, you could either maintain those management decisions or no, delegate them. Or delegate them. We call the ones where you keep them member managed companies, where you delegate it to a board, which or, or a individual, manager, an or, individual. Yeah. Uh, that's a member manager. or manager managed entity. We prefer them to be managed by managers. It separates the ownership, even though the hats might be the same. It allows for flexibility. I agree with that. So we have an ownership interest, and we're going to decide how many units we want or shares we want to to create. Let's call it 100. So Spencer has 50, and I have 50 in the example. What happens if we bring on a new person? Because sometimes businesses expand. What's going to happen mathematically is... Spencer, if we bring on a new person, it's going to dilute us. It's going to reduce. So, Spencer, if we bring on Pierre, 
Pierre is going to cause Spencer's interest to fall down and cause my interest to fall down. Sometimes you don't want that to happen. And so you're going to want to be thinking about ways to prevent that dilution. That's dilution, it lowers it. So instead of getting 50% of the profits, it's gonna lower that. Instead of having uh, 50% of the say, now Pierre gets to weigh in. And so if we wanna prevent that, there are provisions to allow for that. One thing, and this is a buzzword for everybody to, to, to write down, preemptive rights. What that means is if the company wants to issue units because we need money, we give the other owners, the existing owners, a right to participate. Or if you don't want to allow for any more issuance, then you might make it so that you have to get some sort of approval that's a super majority. So right. Spencer and I, it's a bad example because yeah, we're 50-50. But say we've already got Pierre and we're wanting to bring on, say say there's a guy by the name of Lindell. Say we want to bring him on. Yep. Yep. Good question. So good, we, good, so, good so, question. So, <laughs> good point. Yes. So we've got three. Based off your scenario to have a super majority, well, obviously we'll, we'll say we're all a third in regards to that. We would all still need to unanimously vote, but but say say Pierre has forty uh, percent and you and I have thirty uh, percent each. Mm-hmm. You know, now supermajority, you can set that. If I'm not mistaken, you can You're set right. whatever that percentage is. Say it's say it's sixty five percent. Well, with that scenario, it's gonna just need Pierre in one other vote. That's right. So to speak. That, that, that's exactly right. So sometimes you're going to have ownership where, let's say Pierre has 51% and you and I have the fraction yeah. of the 49%, yeah. right? Well, in that particular case, normally people think of businesses as majority. Maybe a big decision like that, to your point, we Correct. make it 65%, 60%. He can't do it by himself. He no. need one of us. Right. Or let's say we're all one third, but on that decision, we say, 80%. It doesn't make you, sense right now because it's only three of us, but for growth, you might yeah. have it as a percentage. Well, that means all of us would have to agree instead of just the two. And so that would protect a quote-unquote minority person being in that diluted, scenario. Yeah. yeah, so if that's an important concept, you can do that. A related concept too, and that's going to be found in similar uh, sections of operating agreements, is going to be on additional capital that the company needs. So why would we bring on a new person? Well, we may need new money. That's right. And so we could go to a new person. So me and Spencer are BC counselors. We need a Pierre. So we go to Pierre and say, hey, Pierre, give us some money. We'll give you some, some share. And we do it that way. But we could also just say we need money and go back to each other. So Spencer's looking at the books. We need money. He says, Mike, uh, you need to contribute. I need to contribute. We need we need uh, $10,000. Mike, you need to put $5,000 in. I need to put $5,000 in because we're 50-50 partners. So there's different ways we can do this. There's a provision that's an additional capital contribution provision that allows Spencer and that – we're 50-50, right. so it's a bad example. But conceptually, it could require everybody – to, to contribute. So let's say it's the three of us, where it's one third, one third, one third. Then let's say the traditional rules is majority, majority rules. Spencer and I say we need the money. And so I can't do simple math. Let's call it 9,000. So 3,000 from each of us. But Pierre can't come up with the 3,000 bucks. Can me and Spencer kind of force his hand? Let's say he doesn't have the money. 
and then we have to raise it. We can we can put it in ourselves, Spencer, and split the fifteen another fifteen hundred and reduce uh, Pierre's Thanks. interest. That's a way that could be done. Now, Pierre, that won't may like that. tick him off. That's right. Would that make you mad, Pierre? He said yes. <laughs> And so, and so, so, so the idea is people might be able to use that provision if they don't like somebody. Let's say me and Spencer don't like Pierre because his voice is so squeaky, you know, we don't like that. It's like Mickey Mouse. Yeah. Basically. And so we, we try to push him out. And we know that he doesn't have $3,000, but, but we do. Yeah. And yeah. And, and I've actually seen that happen. It's not uncommon it is it is it is a mechanism so then on the other side of the the coin would be something that allows nobody to be forced to make the contribution but that's maybe a little too aggressive because maybe the company actually needs money and you need to be able to incentivize folks to do it so there's a middle ground and this is kind of the thing that Spencer and I typically recommend is we will create a loan concept where all three of us decide to do, uh, let's say two of us decide to do it. Uh, the third one can't for whatever reason. He doesn't have to, but if we want to do it, Spencer, we do it. And that extra 3000 bucks, you contribute 1500 I contribute 1500 That would be a $1,500 loan to me. And a fifth that were or a loan to the company from, me. from you. Well, and I mean, from I mean, me. from, from the, well, a, a loan from 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 me to Pierre, and a fifteen hundred loan from you to Pierre. But Pierre won't be personally liable. Where if the business fails, we can go after him. It will just be something that the company will be directed to pay us out of profits to pay us back. So if so, we're that a way Pierre would not get any profits until we were paid back. Exactly. And that way everybody's made whole. That way Pierre didn't have to fork over the money that he couldn't in that scenario. Um, and, you know, if Pierre would talk, maybe he wouldn't get picked on. But since he doesn't talk, we get to pick on him. Yeah. But he gets to edit this, so it may, be, it may backfire. It could backfire. <laughs> but that's exactly but, right. right. It's It kind of gives you the best of both worlds of, hey, man, hit a hard spot. I can't do it. Hey, you know what? We'll cover you, but before you get paid any profits, we'll get that first, and then you'll get any profits after that. Exactly. So, so yeah. we're one third, one third, we're, one third. We're still happy. We're still a third. Yeah. It's just for that three thousand dollars. Spencer and I are gonna get our money back first. Yep. We'll get it back first, and you're cool with that. We're cool with that, and we'll do it. And then we can also make that loan. We can have. We can have. We'll have to have some interest right, rate, right? Because yep, it, it, it's a tax issue, but it could be very low, or 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 it could be high. And and typically, it's a prime rate. And so so we're 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 getting a fair right. re- recovery or and a it return. keeps the IRS's eyes yeah. off of you yeah. to to an extent, you know. But that's more CPA what they would recommend. That's right. But, there's there's a buzz yeah. phrase called the applicable federal rate. That's the bare minimum interest. You'll see that too, but I tend to see a fair return always. It's it's, it's easier to to justify. Nobody ever wants to get completely screwed. Nobody either way. And and so, so this is kind of a nice, a nice balance. It's a kumbaya. Like let's, let's do the best of of all worlds. Next concept that you're going to see it's distributions. So as Spencer 
explained that's part of the ownership is a distribution, meaning the profits, the distribution of profits. But it's 50-50. In an LLC, you could change that up in different ways. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to do exactly that 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 split. Typically, that's the case. Right. That's what we recommend. So whatever the ownership interest is, Spencer's 50%, I have 50%, then it's 50-50. But that distribution doesn't necessarily always have to be made. And so we're going to talk about one more thing is in that, in that example that we did uh, last time, we talked about deadlock. So Spencer and I are 50-50. And let's say we can't agree what to do with the, the money. So we have, let's say we made $100,000. And Spencer wants to put all of that back into the company. And let's say I decide... I don't want it all to go to the company. Let's distribute all of it. So we're we're on fundamentally opposed spectrum, d- spectrum, yeah. 180 uh, degrees apart. So we have certain mechanisms we'll talk about that we could try to resolve that that deadlock. But what about the taxes? There's going to be tax liability because there's income. That's Someone's right. got to pay it. That's right. Government so, wants theirs. So it, that's exactly right. And so if this is an S corp. Or a partnership, because remember, LLCs are either S-Corps, they're partnerships, they're C-Corps. And if you don't remember that, we've got a few podcasts previously already recorded and published. Go listen to them. We do. Quickly, (laughs) what is the advantage of a partnership, Spencer? The advantage of a partnership? Uh, It's just they funnel straight to you. Perfect. What's the advantage of an S-Corp? And when I say they, I mean taxes. Now, the S-Corp, you can uh, have deductions through the company, and so you can still have distributions to yourself, which you will still have tax liability for non-distributable assets or uh, income. Right. So, but but pass through. So S corp partnership. That was kind of the horrible way of saying pass through. They all go. You, you only get taxed <laughs> yeah. once. You know what I mean. So a lot of people who are listening to this will be familiar with partnership taxing and and S corps and probably an S corp. I I really love the S corp. I feel like more of our clients that come to us with companies already are structured as S corps. It's just more common. LLC yeah. as an S corp. So, but here's what they have to worry about. So Spencer and I are structured as an S corp. So. $100,000, I want it all, not all of it, 50%, 50%, but you, I want it want all distributed, and Spencer out, yeah. doesn't. So what if we can't decide? Well, we can't make a distribution, right? right. It's a deadlock. Yep. But the IRS and time never stop, right? right. Death and taxes. So eventually, um, uh, April 15th is going to come here. And then if you're like typically us, April fifteenth. If you're like yeah, the, the last few years not been, but 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 and if you're like us, it's always October, yeah. unfortunately. But uh, but the idea is eventually the taxes are going to be due, and in an S corp and a partnership, the partners get to divide up the income 50-50. That doesn't necessarily mean they pay they 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 pay themselves it. That's for taxes, and so the IRS says Spencer. On your tax return, you have fifty thousand. Mike, you and your tax return have fifty thousand, and then that means Spencer and I are going to pay income tax on that fifty thousand. Well, if I whether whether it made it to your bank account or not, whether it makes it to your bank account or not, and so that's called phantom income. Uh, uh, It's it's income that I'm taxed on, 
but I never received it. That's the worst kind of income, getting taxed on something you don't ever have in your pocket. Because it's not the IRS's problem that Spencer and I couldn't agree. Right. So in your operating agreement, if you have an S-corp or a partnership, you need to always address that little problem. So I want it all. Spencer wants nothing. The operating agreement needs to tell both of us. There is going to be good news for you, Mike. There will be a distribution. Uh, bad news for you, Spencer, there will be a distribution. Good news for you, Spencer, it's very small. Bad news to you, Mike, it's very small. It's just going to cover the tax. So on $50,000, let us say my $50,000 was a $5,000 tax, right? I'd get $5,000 of that 100000 at least to pay it. To pay the and tax Spencer, payout. same thing, theoretically. Right. Like, like that's Correct. a simplified yeah. way of putting it. And there's different ways to skin that provision, but at least that makes sure people aren't going to get screwed because, again, folks who can't pay their taxes, I've seen that as a pressure point for folks to push other folks out. Because let's say I can pay the tax, or, or let's say I need the money because I can't pay the tax. Spencer knows, like he is this, he, like that. he's in the widget company or the widget business, and he's making a ton of money. I don't know if anybody knows this, but Spencer is making a lot of money on widgets. It was, uh, last we talked, it was $50,000 a month. In widgets. In widgets. Guys. You should have got in when the getting was good, Mike. Listen, Spencer approached me and was like, dude, I've got this tip on widgets. And I told him, widget? I like cogs. I don't want a widget. I want a cog or a a peppercorn. I, I love the peppercorn industry, too. But Spencer didn't have any options in the peppercorn industry, and so he uh, he went with widgets, right? And lo and behold, yeah, they say dumb luck's pretty helpful yeah, in business. Yeah, yeah, it's I'm 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 upset about it. But anyway, uh, the idea is I you, can pay you my can tax pay. bill. You can't. So so Spencer, if we don't have this agreement, Spencer like loves the 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 uh, the fight. And let's actually let's actually talk about let's let's talk some some truth to power here, Spencer. The reality is Spencer and Pierre went into the widgets. Okay, I didn't want to say that, but but I'm I'm putting it all out there. And in this hypothetical, we're partners, right? And they have the the, the widgets. And Spencer and Pierre are making tons of money in widgets. And so they know that they don't need any tax distributions. And so the two of them, because they're off gallivanting around with widgets, they decided, you know, in, in BC Councilors, Mike, I don't want to, we don't need the, the distribution. So that's the idea. So, so even between me and Spencer, they could actively push me out of BC Councilors just as they did in the widget, in the widget game. You know what I mean? And, and, and I, I, can't even, I can't even rub two nickels together because I lost all of my uh, money in sprockets. And so they can push me out and I can say, guys, I need some money. Here's my interest. And they can force me out. Uh, by the way, also, non-attorneys can't be uh, partners Partner. with with the a law, law firm, firm and Texas Bar and Oklahoma Bar. We know that. And in this that is all hypothetical, hypothetical, Pierre is an attorney. In that hypothetical, he is. We're going to take a short break but we'll return with more legal info to help you, your family, and your business right here on the BC Counselor's Legal Brief. 
This episode of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief is brought to you by Alfredo Robledo Certified Public Accountant, PC. Alfredo has been licensed as a Certified Public Accountant since 1984 and is located in Grapevine, Texas. Alfredo can help with many different tax matters, ranging from filing individual and business tax returns, trust and estate filings, as well as bookkeeping services for your business. You can contact Alfredo at 817-421-0720 or find him at grapevinecpa.com. My name is Kaya and I'm almost a teenager. I have a real problem. My daddy and my grandfather love pie. For my daddy, it's apple. For my poppy, it's anything lemon. But they won't bring me any pie. I don't think that's fair. They always go to Judy Pie on Main Street in Grapevine, where Miss Judy and her bakers make 20 different kinds of pies and cinnamon rolls on the weekend. But I don't get any. They tell me I can have pie when I'm a teenager, like pie is only for grown-ups or something. Can someone please call my daddy and my poppy and tell them I need pie? In the meantime, you can go to JudyPie.com, or if you're in Grapevine, Texas, visit Judy Pie on Main Street. And if my daddy or my poppy are there, tell them that Kaya wants a piece of pie. And we're back, and you're listening to the BC Counselor's Legal Brief, the podcast providing legal info to help you, your family, and your business. So, so... Uh, we, 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 we touched a little bit about removal of managers. Uh, we're going to hit two birds with one stone. Sometimes managers might not be doing a good job. Sometimes uh, uh, other owners might not be pulling their weight. That's a removal concept. Do we want to remove them? And there's, there's different schools of thought. And one school of thought is once you're in, you're in, you can't be kicked out. And a lot of people get scared of getting getting ganged up on and kicked out. Uh, managers, they want to be able to manage, especially these are these are closely held companies. Apple's right. different. We're not dealing with Apple. We're You're dealing- not answering to thousands upon millions of shareholders. You got it. Now, what I like to do is I like to keep a, a concept where a manager can be removed if the manager is... If, if all of the other managers, so let's say me, Spencer, and Pierre are in this company together, right? If Pierre and Spencer can't stand me, why the hell am I even there? Like, this is just a very practical concept. That's it's, what we were asking. It's, it's one of these things like, exactly, right? <laughs> it's one of these things where I, I always want to protect the 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 beaten and downtrodden the 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 minority interest has to have representation that's 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 a concept that's important but but there also is like a very persuasive common sense concept where we have a company that's doing things for 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 business to be successful and if everyone doesn't like me it's maybe i should stop harming you guys just by existing and and I should stop harming myself by trying to push into something that doesn't make any sense and maybe an exit makes sense and so my view is I like to give the majority folks the ability to ask a manager to leave but I will make sure that there is a good cause associated with it because if you just don't like the way I look 
which is a fair criti- criticism, but I'm doing a good job, that's, that's maybe not worth right. enough. The idea, though, is if I break the law, particularly in a heavily uh, regulated industry, if I break the law, I can't be a part of that company anymore, and I can't harm Spencer and Pierre's livelihood, and so they should be able to kick me out. By that same token, as a shareholder, I'm an owner. Maybe as an owner, they should be able to just kick me out if they don't like me, right? Maybe I have that for-cause concept, too, that if you do something to harm the company, you're out. But I can also protect myself as an owner by saying, well, if Spencer and Pierre kick me out to remove me, then I get a fair market value. And there's different ways to to do that, but we could create a formula that we all agree on. Hey, uh, earnings before interest, taxes, EBITDA, like like let's do a multiplier in this industry. Uh, We could come up with an actual number that we update periodically. There's a lot of different ways to skin the cat, but think about whatever we all think is fair, fair market value. If I'm getting a fair market value, they kick me out, and I'm gone. That's good for them. They continue the business. And it's okay for me because I got compensated, right? right. And, and, and there's nuance in it because there'll be expense to start it up. We're going to talk about confidentiality right now. Like, like can I take some of the stuff I've learned and, 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 and compete? Maybe we need to parse that out. But, but maybe we don't want people to be hostages or, or, or we don't want people to feel as though they're stuck with other folks. And if, if truly the, the, the super majority doesn't want somebody around, if they're getting taken care of, maybe that's okay. Maybe that's best for the company, and maybe that's best for even the person, while they don't see it right now, in some unique way, five, ten years down the road, they're going to say, that was the best thing. Because uh, that was a toxic environment for everyone, and I'm better off for it. Right. So, so uh, confidentiality, Spencer. Um, we talked about that concept because I knew how to grow lumber plants. Right. And you were the only one in the world, so there's a secret to that. And so, so it's important. You know, we've all heard the term trade secrets. Uh, you know, things of that nature. And that's what this is really kind of leading to is it's something, is it something that is private and confidential for that company? And without it, that company would be nothing. So how do you protect that information if it was all created under that company? And so you got to determine if Mike, you left, can you take that with you? Do you have a right to take that with you? And, and so it's important to, uh, structure that in a proper manner, obviously, typically, people want to keep that confidential, hence why we call it confidentiality, but keep it with the company and not let someone go out against you and compete against you. That's exactly right. So you're typically going to find confidentiality because we want everything to be confidential. So Spencer knows the company stuff. I know the company stuff. It's not going to go anywhere. And people don't want former partners to go take that, use it against the company, compete, that sort of thing. That's super important, uh, I think, for for a company. But there are scenarios, again, where it might not make sense and f- like for, for it to be just in the company and there might be some, some, some limited way that you could explore uh, uh, handling it. Typically, I go the very basic way. It's all confidential. 
and and that tries to keep people in line. Because while we're talking about these concepts, there's another thread, I think, that uh, creates that sense of one's not pulling their weight in a company. Let's say, let's say you have a, a partner. Let's say we have our little company here, the three of us, uh, and, and uh, I decide to go take uh, other opportunities. So what's our business? We're in uh, the widget business with you guys. I can do that with you now, right? Yeah. So let's say there's a widget opportunity and, and I'm learning these widget opportunities and then I spin up a company by myself and I start taking some of those opportunities. I'm still doing stuff for you guys, but I'm taking opportunities and I'm using the private information to do that. And let's say it's not meaningful, like competition wise. Like I'm not like, like, like completely adversely affecting because this is the, the pool is in widgets is big, right? right? And I'm just taking a little piece of the widget market doing that with you guys. And so, so we're all making tons of money and now I'm making some on the side. Well, I guarantee you, if Spencer and Pierre found out about that, they might be very, very agitated. And they might say, what the hell are you doing? And that removal provision we just talked about, they're going to kick me the heck out of that company. Maybe, though, if we have a conversation at the outset where folks all understand and it's on the out, on the table, they might be okay with it. If they're not, then if I have a design to do that, well, then I might want to renegotiate how this contract's going to be. They're going to want to have that contract provision that says you can't take our confidential information and you have to bring all opportunities to the company and let it do it. And if it doesn't, then, 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 then that's, that's fine within, within, within a business line. So, so that, that's, that's an important concept. Let me ask you one thing real quick, Spencer. If we don't have a buy-sell provision in, in an operating agreement, we haven't talked about this, um, what happens if, if you, in our, in our widget company, if, if you die... Well, depending on the buy-sell agreement, because there could be no other... buy-sell. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The operating agreement, there could be language on new members, whether they're assignees or full-fledged members. But let's just say she inherits it. She will then become, she will fill my shoes. She'll be a new member with the same voting rights. You you hit a good thing on the head. Hold that thought. Let me Let me fill in a blank. So... The, the, we're talking buy sell. Here's what you're gonna see. You're gonna see restrictions typically. The restrictions are gonna say nobody can sell any of their interests. They can't sell their interests unless they do certain things. So let's assume I we don't we don't have any of that language though in it. It's just we didn't we didn't do really any planning and and then you you pass away. So your wife would come in and she would be uh, a, a, a one third one third one third. One third. One third. And yeah. she'd be, have that board seat because Correct. you're able to appoint a board, a board. seat. Yeah. She would be able to appoint a board seat. Right. Uh, it's so, th- th- so she, in theory, just we just change spots. I step away and she steps in fully. And she might not want to do that. Right. We might... Pierre want not want her to be to be making the decisions because she doesn't know anything about widgets. You know what I mean. And so, so this is going to protect the 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 uh, uh, the membership, like the sanctity of, right. of who's doing it. We all three decided to be partners, and we didn't want anybody else. But then it can also protect her 
by not having her do anything that she didn't want to do. And and what if the company was worth a billion dollars? She would not necessarily get a billion dollars. She would just come in as an owner getting profits. I think you said it earlier, if we have a buy-sell agreement, it's a way that we can at least take some of the investment in a company that that you worked your whole life Correct. doing and get it in her hands. She and, can have some liquidity. Some liquidity. And we can fund that with things, with co- company assets, but we could fund it with a a life insurance policy as Absolutely. an example. That's all for, for, for this. That's literally an operating agreement and the different types of provisions that are the concepts that everybody needs to talk about. And what we are trying to illustrate uh, through a disheveled, all over the place conversation, so you have to listen to both of these, and it all makes sense. Yeah, and it it uh, just goes to show that you need an attorney helping you draft that operating agreement. Yep. Why not reach out to us, BC Counselors at mm-hmm. Law? It's a pretty sad plug, wasn't it? No, that was actually that was good. Good. that's very good. Like that's that's we but, do but, this we do this for the love and 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 the laughs the laughs the admiration but, that 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 millions of listeners you know have or express. Which, which we need to give a shout out to our number one listener. Yeah. Hey Beth. Yeah. Yo. Hey girl. Hey girl. Hey. So. On, on that note, that wraps up another episode of the BC Counselor's Legal Brief. Thanks for listening, guys. See y'all next time. We'll catch you later. Hasta luego. Hasta la vista, baby. Bye. For now. And that brings us to the end of another show. For more information on today's topic or previous show topics, visit our website at bccounselorsatlaw.com. While there, feel free to let us know what future show topics you'd like us to cover. On behalf of Mike, this is Spencer, and we thank you for listening. And remember, it's always our goal to provide easy-to-understand legal info to help you, your family, and your business here on the BC Counselor's Legal Brief. Thank you.